Hello, my name is Sandra Jones and I'm the curate in the northeast of Wigan. Today is Tuesday the 6th of October and this is the second of our reflections looking at saints and sinners. A warm welcome to everyone wherever you are listening. Our Bible reading today comes from Acts chapter 22 starting at verse 22 and reading until chapter 23 verse 11. I'm reading it from the message version of the Bible. The people in the crowd had listened attentively up to this point, and now they broke loose, shouting out, Kill him! He's an insect! Stomp on him! They shook their fists. They filled the air with curses. That's when the captain intervened and ordered Paul taken into the barracks. By now, the captain was thoroughly exasperated. He decided to interrogate Paul under torture in order to get to the bottom of this, to find out what he had done that provoked this outrage violence. As they spread-eagled him with thongs, getting him ready for the whip, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is this legal, torturing a Roman citizen without a fair trial? When the centurion heard this, he went directly to the captain. Do you realise what you've done? This man is a Roman citizen. The captain came back and took charge. Is what I hear right? You're a Roman citizen? Paul said, I certainly am. The captain was impressed. I paid a huge sum for my citizenship. How much did it cost you? Nothing, said Paul. It cost me nothing. I was free from the day of my birth. That put a stop to the interrogation and it put the fear of God into the captain. He had put a Roman citizen in chains and had come within a whisker of putting him under torture. The next day, determined to get to the root, the root of the trouble and know for sure what was behind the Jewish accusation, the captain released Paul and ordered a meeting of the high priests and of the high council to see what they could make of it. Paul was led in and took his place before them. Paul surveyed the m- members of the council with a steady gaze and then said his piece. Friends, I've lived with a clear conscience before God all my life up to this very moment. That set the chief priest Ananias off. He ordered his aides to slap Paul in the face. Paul shot back. God will slap you down. What a fake you are. You sit there and judge me by the law and then break the law by ordering me slapped around. The aides were scandalised. How dare you talk to God's chief priest like this? Paul acted surprised. How was I to know who is a chief priest? He doesn't act like a chief priest. You're right, the scripture does say, don't speak abusively to a rule of the people. Sorry. Paul, knowing some of the council was made up of Sadducees and others of Pharisees and how they hated each other, decided to exploit their antagonism. Friends, I am a stalwart Pharisee from a long line of Pharisees. It's because of my Pharisee convictions, the hope and resurrection of the dead, that I've been hauled into this court. The moment he said this, the council split right down the middle. Pharisees and Sadducees going at each other in heated argument. Sadducees have nothing to do with the resurrection or angels or even a spirit. If they can't see it, they don't believe it. Pharisees believe it all. And so a huge and noisy quarrel broke out. Then some of the religion scholars on the Pharisee side shouted down the others, 
We don't find anything wrong with this man. And what if a spirit has spoken to him? Or maybe an angel? What if it turns out we're fighting against God? That was fuel on the fire. The quarrel flamed up and became so violent the captain was afraid they would tell, tear Paul apart, limb from limb. He ordered the soldiers to get him out of there and escort him back to safety the barracks. That night, the master appeared to Paul. It's going to be all right. Everything is going to turn out for the best. You've been a good witness for me here in Jerusalem. Now you're going to be my witness in Rome. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today, the church remembers William Tyndale. William Tyndale was born in Gloucestershire in the early 1490s and was ordained in 1515. What Tyndale wanted to do was to enable people to be able to read the scriptures in their own language. This task was not a straightforward task. In 1523, Tyndale sought permission and funds from the Bishop of London to translate the New Testament. The Bishop refused his request and Tyndale became an unpopular figure. So much so, he felt compelled to move to the relative safety of Europe. In 1525, the first translation of the New Testament from Greek was written in the English language. It was quickly smuggled into England, where it received a less than enthusiastic response from the authorities. For nine years, he managed with the help of friends to evade the authorities. He revised his New Testament translation and had begun to translate the Old Testament. Not only had Tyndale translated the scriptures into English, he'd also changed the way people thought about their faith in God through the reading of the scriptures in their own language. This made other ideas more thinkable as well, such as, do we need a king? In May 1535, Henry Phillips, who had befriended Tyndale, enticed him away from the safety of his quarters, straight into the arms of soldiers, where he was immediately arrested and accused of heresy. Shortly before his death, William Tyndale wrote a letter from his cell to the prison governor. It said this, I believe, sir, that you know what has been decided about my fate. Therefore, I beg your lordship, in the name of Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus, that if I am to remain here through the winter, you will ask the storekeeper to have the kindness to send me, from the goods of mine that he has, a warmer cap. For I suffer greatly from cold in my head, and I am afflicted by perpetual catarrh, which is more increased in this cell. A warmer coat also, for this which I have is very thin. A piece of shirt, too, for patch my leggings. My overcoat is worn out. My shirts are also worn out. He has a woollen shirt if he will be good enough to send it. I have, al I have also with him leggings of thicker cloth to put on above. He has also warmer nightcaps. I ask to be allowed a lamp in the evening. It is indeed wearying sitting alone in the dark. But most of all, I beg you to ask the storekeeper urgently that I may be allowed my Hebrew Bible, Hebrew grammar and Hebrew dictionary, that I may pass the time in that study. In return, I wish you everything you want in the world, providing it brings you salvation for your soul. If any other decisions have been taken about what will happen to me before winter, I will be patient, accepting the will of God to the glory of my Lord Jesus, whose Holy Spirit I may never I may ever guide you.
I hope may ever guide you. Amen. It was on the 6th of October, 1536, that Tyndale was executed. Like Paul, Tyndale held firm to his faith and was determined to proclaim the gospel, even if that meant imprisonment. Tyndale is remembered today for translating the Bible into English. Previously to Tyndale, scripture had been translated into English were based on second best translations from the Latin. What Tyndale did was to go back to the original Greek and Hebrew and start again. Because of Tyndale's work on translating the scriptures into English, the authorities took this translation and made it with a few slight adjustments, freely available to every church building in the land. The authorised version of the King James Bible used about 85 to 90% of Tyndale's translations. I'm not sure what Tyndale would have made of the message version of the Bible. I suspect he'd have been horrified. But like Tyndale aimed to do, the message version also aims to make God's word accessible to people. Both Paul and William Tyndale are examples of people whose love for God is so great that they would risk their lives so that others can hear the good news. Today, we have people all over the world who are willing to smuggle Bibles or receive smuggled Bibles into countries where to say you are a Christian can lead to prison sentences and ultimately death. Thankfully, in our country, we can freely buy and receive Bibles. We can go to church. We can freely talk about Christ. But what would you do today if you were told you couldn't read the Bible or proclaim the gospel? Would this make a difference to your life? If you were tried in a court of law for reading your Bible, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Let's pray. Let us today remember Paul, William Tyndale and all who suffered for the faith. Father God, we pray for all those who are imprisoned for their faith. For those who have been imprisoned for daring to mention your name. We pray for them that you would strengthen them, that you would give them the courage. We pray for their families as they struggle with their loved ones being in prison. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to proclaim your gospel without fear. And the collect for today. Lord, Give to your people grace to hear and keep your word, that after the example of your servant William Tyndale, we may not only profess your gospel, but also be ready to suffer and die for it, to the honour of your name, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I pray whatever you're doing today, that you will be blessed by God's Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen.